Hey, everybody, it's John. And thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks away so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. Hey, y'all. It's 5 o'clock on Monday. We're stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. Hey, I'm John Hall. Hey, John Hall. I was just about to say before we went on, I was like, please be nice. We're okay. in the city of brotherly love. Yeah. You're not my we brother. Are... Why do you hurt me so? I, I just was Why pointing do you out that so? we literally have zero common relatives. I understand, but I feel that for as long as we have been doing this, I feel like if you Four called me up. Four hours today. I feel like if you called me up. <laughs> In the way that brothers do, and you're like, hey, I need your help. I don't have any brothers. I have sisters. I understand. Okay. But I have brothers, and they call me up sometimes, and they need some stuff that like we don't call our sister for. I feel like if you called me up, I'd be like, I'll think about it. So like we're almost there. So just okay. be a little bit nicer. You want, me to, you want me to be a little more gentle? I feel like we're at a perfect junction right now where she could go pear-shaped where this this show is either going to be one of the greats or oops it fell off the Amtrak on the way home I am striving for greats and I am completely on board with you that being yeah, said why? we were but just why? handed Underberg shots we were to go with a very tasty garnet lager uh after being given free Montreal-style bagels, which I didn't know a Montreal bagel was a thing. Really? Yeah. Did you? I know it's a thing, but I've never had them in Montreal. So right. I can't But now you've these. had them in Philly, so it's fine. I feel like that's a brick oven thing, and that's not what they mean. Okay. Anyway. Hey, why are we here? We are, well, I think you're getting ahead of me. Here. No. Anyway. Who are we here with, okay. I guess I, I should <laughs> I say. I was like, we're yeah. here. We're not talking about the black. What wow. brings us together? Kennedy, yeah. Kennedy's giving us a black. I'm sorry. All right, so we are with Ben and Kurt of Second District in Philly, and we are in our fourth of four Philly episodes with four Underberg sorry, caps guys. in front of us. <laughs> Thank you for being patient, and I hope you guys have had a couple cocktails because this has kind of been fun. Like, oh yeah. All right, actually, let's start with that. Can the, I set the scene? Well, hold on. You should set the scene, but I want to say we're we're at. The newest and third location of Human Robot, which Thank is you. probably new on the scene. But Kurt, you go all the way back at Memphis Taste Room, right? Or Memphis Tap Room. Am yeah. I wrong on that? I go back beyond that, but yes. But I mean, Memphis but you were there. With Ken. Oh yeah, with yeah. Kenny, hundred percent. So, so part of what keeps coming up, but what's the what's the place you keep telling me I should know? Nodding Head. Yeah. Nodding Head plays into this story, like all 100%. of you guys, and and it's kind of fun, like it's a neat thing, like. In Jersey, we are starting a crossover, and you know there was a while where I would never hire anybody from any any brewery without calling. 
you know, be like, is it cool with you if I steal this guy? But these days, it's like, the guy's asking me for a job. Uh, Philadelphia's always been, uh, as someone put it one time, an extremely incestuous local brewing But you two seem to have a connection to every single person that's been on this show today. Yeah, yeah. Over the last three weeks, one way or another. Some of those people are maybe sixteen, and some of them are in their fifties. Like it's it's a big mix of people. So let's talk about kind of the the track of how you guys get to your brewery within the context of Philly, as I keep saying, the most important East Coast beer scene there is. Does that make sense? Well, I guess I'll let Kurt start. Um, back. In the end of the 90s, I was approached by Tom Peters and Fergie, Fergus Carey, the the owners of Monk's Cafe. Yeah. Um, About, they knew I was looking to do my own thing. I was running a bar in Old City. It was a good beer bar, but it was fine. And I wanted to break out and do something. And they had an idea to do a brewery and had a guy in place to brew. And so... Right before the holidays in 1999, we opened Notting Head on Sansom Street right. in Center City. Um, so, what was your role in Notting Head? I was managing partner, so I was on site every day. You were, you were we, the, what I would call the GM. Of the, of the yeah, we we pump. all put in money, and then I ran it. Okay. And they were running Monks, and Fergie was running Fergie's. Fergie didn't really. Fergie just kind of flitted around town. And, was Fergie, and that was his role. I, I love because that's all I've ever known him as is just flitting around. Uh, listen, he's really good at being Fergie. No, I get it, but like I never see him in the same place twice, and usually never in the place that he's supposed to be. Our, the, the joke was always like one partner would call another partner or call his partner Fergie's like and we would all laugh because he always said he was at the other place and he was never at any but that started we had Nottingham was open for almost 15 years um, I bought them out toward the end because I was having landlord issues and I wanted to make decisions without having meetings and I made some tough decisions but did what I wanted to do and then uh, I met Ben way back when he was at Dock Street, I think, and he had moved on to a couple different things. He went, he was at Dogfish for a while, but when I was, and then at Tired Hands when I was getting ready to do Second District, and I wanted somebody, I wanted to rebrand, I wanted a new thing, I wanted a new image, I wanted a new approach to what we did beer-wise and everything, and I went looking for him, and you know, so, fortunately for me, he said yes. That was that's cool. Congratulations! Um, all right, so let's let's dig into that a little bit. So if, if if the thing is a reinvention with that amount of history and a city, like the thing that keeps coming up for me in all of our years of Philly shows and Philly experience, and you know Carol and all those things, is Philly seems very well adapted to being um, you know proper beer drinking lager town and all that so when somebody like Ken opens something like Human Robot and they become a Pilsner brewery you're like of course but when you're trying to turn the page you know move on how much do you have to reject the past and how much are you willing to embrace the past per the new mission right like how much is like 
I always wanted to make a hazy and I couldn't, or I never wanted to make a hazy and now I'm going to make that the mission. Does that make sense? <clears throat> it, it does. Listen, I never, I always wanted Ben to brew what Ben wanted to brew. And okay. I never, I don't think, other than we would spitball ideas and stuff, I never tried to have overstepping my bounds or anything as far as input on brewing. Like, so, Ben I, brews the beer. All right, ben. so, but Ben, what you're after. What are you... Because you can't be a second anything without some separation from the first, right? So, sure. So what's, what's in your subconscious and what's in your conscious as far as mandate change? What do you, what do you, are you just saying, like, I'm new, so anything I do is new? Or do you, are you like... Um, well, you know, I think when Kurt first approached me... Um, so... You know, kind of going back to what he was saying about meeting me at Dock Street. You know, at Dock Street, we opened up in 2007, um, and I was head brewer, ended up being head brewer there by 2008. Um, that was kind of when, like, you know, it was, a, I, would, I guess, a bit of a resurgence of craft beer around that time. Um, you know, things were, you know, the extreme beer was just beginning to take off, you know, and, and, and Dogfish Head and, and all of that, you know. Um, Calagione! <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> that guy. I mean, by the time... Which also had a huge Philly influence. Absolutely. Okay. Three he's, TV he's stations. For yeah. them, but also to the city. He's Three a TV stations. in all of our stuff. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, there we were kind of... I don't know. I mean, I was young at that point. I was 24 when I started brewing there. And uh, that was kind of all over the place, but we were doing what was cool at the time, you know, imperial stouts and things with fun ingredients and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, wait, uh, it's actually interesting because the time you're talking about, I think now we take for granted that Fuck the Rehides about Liberty, Calagio gave a lot of us, right? Yeah. Right. But at the time, it was still a ballsy fucking move, right? The, yeah. The, the guys in Colorado were still, were still trying to push the messaging that a perfect pale ale would make you happier than a Budweiser. Right. You just need to know what a perfect pale ale was, <laughs> right. which was not yeah. our way forward, and we're still bearing right. that. But yeah. So when Kelly Joe was like, fuck it, dude, have fun, do your shit, like, that's kind of what inspires me. I think that's what we're talking about. But yeah, yeah, so you, yeah, but you were in those things even as early as 2007, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah. I, well, I mean... I started as a home brewer, and you know, back then it was, you know, fortunately for me, easy to transition from home brewer to professional brewer. Because back yeah. then, Did you, you know, say fortunately, yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, <laughs> I know, I know, it's harder now. I do, I do, I, oh, you know, yeah. especially not so much if you're like a home brewer who's like, I'm gonna open up my own brewery. You know, a lot, you know, a lot of these guys are like engineers and stuff and have money and can can do that type of thing, but. Back when I got into it, you know, I just walked in off the street. You know, I had a friend of a friend who uh, uh, was opening the place up, and we we met, and he had tried some home brews and was like, hey, we're opening up a little brew pub in West Philadelphia. You know, do you, you want to come help out? And I was thinking about career choices and my, my life at that time. I was going to art school, and uh, I said, yeah, this seems like a, a viable career, and, yeah. and, and that's how I got into it. Um, so that me, doesn't really happen anymore. Let me digress, though. So, so while you were saying it, I miss... 
I miss the resumes from dedicated homebrewers that I think I could turn into a better brewer than this day and age where you can find a guy with six years of pedigree and all of them miserable. Right. Is there any part of you that wishes... When, I, when we opened, I'd get all these things that I just want to do anything. Right. Oh, brewing's mopping. Right. Do you really want to mop for five years? But those couple people who said yes are now guys of mine who are running other breweries. Yeah, absolutely. And we never get that resume. Right? No, 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 no. I definitely don't want to work yeah. at all. I want to brew beer. And I'm like, exactly. you know, do you yeah. wish we could go back a little when it wasn't a... You know, it's like, I want to do this. You're like, all right, you'll be in charge of this place in eight years yeah. if you just do the work. I, yes and no. I mean, I think, you know, I always say that I got my job at Dock Street because the head brewer there was lazy and, you know, not... <laughs> but then you would have thrived at Carton because you know I'm what I mean? super lazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he, he didn't want to do the works, True. and I did, and I wanted to learn. So, you know, he said, oh, go do this, go do that, and tell me how to do it, and... You know, I, I kind of lived and died by my own experience and making my own mistakes. And, you know, that's how I cut my teeth. I get um, that. But just a decade ago, and it can't be generational because there were kids a decade ago that were 20, 30, and 40 looking for this opportunity. And these days I'm like, we can't we can't be teaching a guy from scratch anymore right. yeah, yeah, in exactly. this role. That's what I'm saying, yeah. But what I'm saying is I feel like every time I hire a guy with a certain amount of too much but not enough, right. I'm like, we should have just taken a kid off the street and made him a brewer. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Is well, there any part of that in your life these days? Yeah, actually, we we, uh, we have a new brewer's assistant helping help me out in the brewer now. Um, he loves beer. Has zero brewing experience. I'm going to give you a business card. Hand it to him in two years. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and most importantly, he's got a great work ethic, you know. Um, so, you know, I, I, I know he's he's got the passion and he is just so enthusiastic about getting into the brewery and doing stuff. And it's also good to have uh, someone who I can train from the bottom up while it's you know, difficult for me. I've been by myself for nearly my entire career, you know, um, in, in, in brew pubs and whatnot. You know? So, um, all right, so let's talk about the glass. John's already tapping me. <laughs> well, let's, let's also come back to that because when you say dogfish, I imagine, you know what I mean? Like, like sure. were you at the brew pub? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking amazing. So yeah. that's super fascinating because I got to brew right before they knocked it down. Oh, right on, yeah. That nice. was like, I got to brew with Sam there right before the knots. But yep. in my head, still, the first time I went, it was already dog fishing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's amazing. All right, so let's come back to that. All right. Well, All right, what brings us together on Sam's Beer is a candid conversation of beer. What it's doing, not what we told it would do. How we're enjoying it, not how we were told it would enjoy it. And how good it tastes, not how hard it was to get. To facilitate that, we drink candidly out of blind glasses we are drinking out of black past black plastic road tumblers red leather yellow leather um and these beers were brought by you guys or did you borrow Uh, so i brought one i didn't realize we were supposed to bring two so one is borrowed that's cool so is it this one uh this is the one i brought that you brought all right just so that we can so you know what it is um, a little bit of this. Let's get into it. Yeah, I do know what it is. Okay, all right. So don't don't talk till we're done. Yeah, yeah. but um, but or jump in. So no, care. sure. 
But there's a nice kind of mid-body sweetness to it where it's like we've we've had already today and we're deep in this right <laughs> but um and we keep putting them next to these super clean dry pilsners so any fermentation notes are getting very kind of blown up but there's a a kind of berry fruitiness to the mid palate that's exciting yeah there's also a very weird quirky cellar um, oxidization to it, but remember at the top of this episode, I drank an underbird, <laughs> so everything is sitting on top. Sure. Of so some of that extract, some of that <laughs> natural natural flavoring uh, that comes through. On For those of you at home that haven't just shot underberg right before recording an episode, but by the way, essentially, by the way, the every vanilla Monday extract. At five, if you're not starting your Monday at five with a bird, yeah, but it's the it's the vanilla extract of clove, right? It's it's like oh. Drum cigarettes are no longer legal. Let's but just drink this liquid. I feel like Underberg <laughs> should be sponsoring this, and everybody should just go out and buy Underbergs to start off the episode. Ever since you bought hey a beer IP, you think everything should be sponsored. Hey, y'all. It's 5 o'clock on Monday. Do you know where your Underbergs are? We're going to totally do a Fox 5 News. It's going to be great. Um, all right, so... John just realized it was time to talk about the beer. Nope. <laughs> There is there's this really fun, delightful floral characteristics that's coming off of this beer, um, and I I keep going back to it's not cardamom, and then every once in a while I'm going to hibiscus, but there is this I like your like, hibiscus, but for that gelatininess, right? right? So that, there's this that pectin thing, right? Because in the mid palate that you were talking about, you were saying either on this show or another show, one of the Lord shows. Knows, like the, the fattiness Remember that in the Philly month? The, the fattiness in the middle of the tongue. And that's what I'm getting off of this. Right. I like your there, hibiscus there, note. That's the kind of thing I'm trying to lean this. into there, where yeah. there's a, a pectin richness that doesn't make sense to the malts, the yeast, or the hops. That said, there is a lager characteristic that really? is coming through on this for me in that sort Fucking of underbrook. like crisp... Yeah, it's probably Underberg killing me, but there... It, it's wanting to be crisp, but it's also falling a little bit flabby. And it's reminding me of back in the day when Bex was doing something with, like, uh, Saffir, uh, uh, the Saffir hops, right? Bex and, fucked around with Saffir hops? <laughs> this is the, the most important moment in craft brewing, and I'm unaware of it. And this is, this is one of those things where it was floral and it was forward, but it still had some of those German lager traditions. And there's something about this beer that is doing that for me in my admittedly very hazy memory banks at this moment. Because you love hazies. <laughs> I, I asked you, like, let's just be nice. I mean, I was just, I was just and why, reading. Why, why would you? All right. So, yeah. So you, you guys, guys should know talk what about this it, is, but like, what is this doing for you right now? Uh. So I, you know, mm. without giving away too much, I thought you it would give it away. It would be a fun one um, because it's a, it's a style from a brewery that is not typically known for this style. Okay. But, um, yeah, very very noble forward hop okay. character. You know, that's definitely those those berry notes. Yeah, you know, it's that. Show it to us, dude. Kennedy, show it. It doesn't matter. We're we're, we're past. Shut up. No Summerfest. Way. Sierra <laughs> Summerfest. All right. 
I'll go along with that. I did. Well, I, well, I stand by it. To be clear, they've written right on it. It's a refreshing summer <laughs> Do you yeah. feel refreshed? No, I feel like it's a little flabby in the middle. Right? I've also been drinking Bergs and, yeah, everything all day long. Uh, that said, I mean, I'm glad. Yeah, packaged uh, at the beginning of March, middle of March. 32023. Which is summer in Chico. At uh, 10.57 p.m. Shut up. <laughs> All right, so what what do we know about Summerfest? Not you guys. Or or you guys, if you know. It's the return. What is it? No, it's the return of Summerfest, yeah. They, yeah. they what did is this Summerfest? for a bunch of years, and then they were like, oh, no, we're going to give you... Is this the replacement of Keller? Like, well, what no. is well, Summerfest? So they used to do Summerfest a while ago, and yeah. I, I remember it being like a hellas, you know, like multi... You know, I don't remember it having like any remarkable hop character at but all does, whatsoever. But it comes through in that sort of, you know, Barry Noble hop thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I thought was interesting about the new batch is that it's. I feel like it's way hoppier than it used to be in the past. Right. I'm, I'm sorry to be this guy, but I'm so offended by this marketing. Tell me more. So when we opened, when we opened, I was talking about my logo. Oh about, yeah, make this about you. <laughs> when we opened, I was talking to our logo designer. This is 12 years ago, but everything was kind of this watercolor, sheaves of wheat, Sierra Nevada is craft marketing thing. And I said, don't do that. Just give us hard angles, and if we live 50 years, we'll look like that, but don't Martha Stewart my shit. And in those 12 years, not only is it still all the things they own, which is that watercolor, sheaves of wheat, pastoral thing, it literally says in the top left corner, finest ingredients, and in the top right corner, finest quality yeah which is when Budweiser started lying to people <laughs> right like like no, Sierra, Beachwood age John Beachwood fucking age Sierra Nevada has been doing that for Ever. close to 40 years now purest ingredients finest quality yeah. nobody on every one of those shit logos? on Sierra in my, on yeah. my watch <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm willing to have had this fight with Ken okay that has been I think on their branding since 1980 yes. alright I want to yes. see it so, Good I mean, I'm glad they're getting branding. caught up right now and offended by something well, they that they've probably been doing. Wrote it, they probably wrote it big enough for me to read this time. But anyway. <laughs> Family owned, operated, and argued over. That yeah. I agree with. That, that, that part, that I, I find, love. that's new in the last couple of years. And I find like that last part is like a little... They're trying to assert the independence. They're trying to put out like, oh, makes, hey, like, you what know, makes like, we're Summerfest, Summerfest, besides the finest quality <laughs> and, and the, the purest ingredients. Purest ingredients. Uh, it's a lager of noble pills and berry origin, and no, it's, no, no. Yeah. we can't prove that. That's your tasting notes. Great. It's, it's their shot at a pilsner. It's what. They're well, shot at a Pilsner once a year. Right. I guess. But, I mean, it's, but it's, it's new again. It wasn't like that before. I, no. I don't ever remember no, this it being has, like... This has a little bit more of an ale quality. The, the, the Summerfest that I remember was much more crisp, much more uh, Miller Lite-esque or Coors Banquet-esque as opposed to something yeah. that had these fruity undertones yeah. to what we're doing right now. But that's right. why I asked about Keller. Like, is this their... Yeah, the Keller Vices, I mean, that's their... Assertive wheat ale, that but they've is. gotten rid of that, and I they remember tasting more like this. Sure, I, I think the body-wise, that this has a little bit more of a that fatty body in the yeah. middle of it than. Anyway, neat beer. Thanks for that bringing said, it. That said, I'll I'll drink a six-pack of it if I if I find one. But like it's, 
Right. I don't know. It's not the summer fest that I remember. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that's what I thought it would be a fun one to try. We discussed how much though, it had changed. It was different than the yeah. last time we tasted it. Either way. How long has it been off the market, John? Do you have any read on it? Two, two or three, three, three years. years. All right. So that's too close. You know what I mean? Like I like, forget what they replaced yeah. it with, but I think it was like a hazy little thing or something like that first year before those hazy IPAs came on. They were like, oh we'll make our hazy IPA our summer seasonal and then it just caught wildfire and, and, and went from there. And that was the end um, of it. But as you guys think with your vast brewing backgrounds and the way that you've been in breweries in the past, the evolution of beers like this and the way that consumer preferences change because somebody who grabs this now and drinks this for the first time who've been drinking hazy IPAs or hazy little thing or whatever, they might flock to this. Right. Where do you see your beers having evolved from and potentially evolving to? Uh, want me to handle this one? Sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, we can talk about Notting Head Berliner all you want, and, like, I'm, I'm here for it, but, like, it's, yeah. Well, I, I, for me, at least... Uh, you know, going back to Dock Street when I got what the state of beer was at the time. I mean, if you could have told me back then that, you know, in 2015, 16, 17, that hazy IPAs and puree, you know, puree fruited kettle sours would be reigning king, you know, nobody, I don't think anyone could have ever guessed that. Um, with that said, uh, you know, there was one beer we made at Dock Street which made me appreciate um, regularity and consistency, and they had a bohemian lager there, Czech Pills. And uh, that beer was so fucking good, you know, back then when we were making it at the brew pub, and, like, that was when, that was, like, my first time of, like, drinking lo- a lager and being, like, this is such an incredible beer. Um you know, and it was just a really hoppy Czech pills, all saws, bittered with saws, so it was like eight pounds of saws for bittering, and then flavor, aroma additions. Um, and, you know, my career after that was brewing at places that were all into doing just batshit crazy stuff right. all the time. You know, Dogfish Head, then Tired Hands. You know, it was like all about pushing it over the top with right. ingredients all the time. Um, you know, when I got hired at Second District, when Kurt and I talked, and you know, they had they they had come up with a little bit of a plan for flagships, and I was like, all right, this one beer sounds cool. Like the rest of them, like, oh, we're yeah, we're not we're gonna do something else. Um, to an extent, I mean, there was like a mixed fermentation beer, which was supposed to be like a rotating mixed fermentation thing, which we still do now, um, but we don't call it whatever. You know, it's whatever. It's just, they're all new. We all we all do them because we love them. They're the worst. To right. Try right. to explain to people. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like okay, if we still make this beer, we need a whole day of training for the whole staff in the brewery on what it is. Right. And it gets right. hard. Well, thankfully, I mean, at this point now, we've built up a. a following for, for those beers locally, you know, Good. for people who come to the bar. You know, when we don't have a mixed firm beer on, people are like, you know, where's where's the Saison? Where's, you know, this or that? So it's like pretty awesome to, to hear that these days. But, um, 
Is it awesome or frustrating? No, I, no I like that's it. awesome. Yeah. That's what you I want. I like it. I like it. I mean, I appreciate that people come out for that and come to us for that. Yeah. You know? um, but, you know, with that said, coming from, again, Dogfish Head and then Tired Hands, you know, we did a little bit of that when we opened up some crazy stuff. And what we, I, you know, so there was one day, maybe the first seven or eight months after opening, um, I went in on a Saturday probably to fill some kegs. Front of house was getting crushed. Uh, they were like behind on glassware. So I remember going out front, helping them out doing glassware. And there were two guys, two young guys sitting at the bar. And, you know, we maybe had three or four IPAs on, on tap time or something. And uh, the one guy asked the bartender, he said, what's your most normal IPA? And I said, wow, like, I haven't heard that question or anything like that question in years. Two decades. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of like made a, a, you know, a light go off in my head that you know, the people coming to us aren't necessarily looking for over-the-top crazy brewing with the most ridiculous, expensive, weird ingredients that we can possibly find. Um, you know, we still dabble in that a little bit, but I mean, you know, we like being creative. Yeah, you gotta fuck around. But let me ask you this, so especially with those two, knowing Gene somewhat and knowing Sam somewhat, I feel like both of them wish they could have stayed in that vein of field hands and you know, whatever Sam's mixed ferment beers were. Sure. But both of them kind of got known for silliness and then yeah. got stuck in silliness. Yeah. Having experienced that all the way through, did you avoid silliness or were you like, I'll you know, I'll make these 12 beers and four of them will be silly every time and, and just the world brought you back down or is it just, you think that's just a natural 25 years later evolution of, no, people want a good Vienna lager because it's a good beer. You know, it's, it's, it's been an ebb and flow. Uh, you know, every, every movement is a reaction to the previous movement. So, you know, we had extreme beer, and then we went to session beer. Then we kind of moved into By the, the way, 30 minute, did you hear? I, I literally just heard about this for the first time. <laughs> Having invented boat 12 years ago, I'm a little pissed about 30 minute, but we'll <laughs> let that slide. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I, and, you know, going into, you know, coming out of Tired Hands, which was... You know, I guess like the new extreme era, extreme beer era to to an extent. Um, you know, it was definitely not so much. It became attention intentional after a little while. Like again, we we went, we opened up, we had fun with ingredients. I still always do things. You know, I I, I never brew things for the most part a hundred percent to style. You know, we opened with a dark mild. Um, but it was a rye dark mile, so, you know, sent it to GABF, and it's like, ding, you know what I mean? Like, it's a great dark mile, but because it has rye in it, it just doesn't fit, you know? Right. Preposterous. Um, Put it in experimental, but yeah. Yeah, so, and we have, uh, we have one house beer now. Um, It's a 4.2% mosaic. We call it a pale ale, but it's not really a pale ale. It's a hoppy blonde beer, you know? It's just something... A hoppy session golden. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, like, we, you know, we've submitted that at GABF, and it's like no idea what to actually... GABF is the worst thing in the world. Don't don't make me say it again. We haven't done GABF. 
Good for you. <laughs> Fuck them. There's no art in our contest. Speaking of which, let's talk about beer too. Because we, we do have to I've, finish this up. I'm kind of excited by this beer. Are you really? I, I love this about you. I have. Have you ever kept fish? Have you ever had a fish tank in your house? Yeah. Okay. Like when I was younger. Go on. My younger days. Go on. Is this like an algae thing? Go on. on. Um, All right. So this beer is a conundrum. Uh, There's a a conundrum. Do you smell it? So either somebody was smoking weed outside or Kennedy took a hit before it hit. and Kennedy loves his vape. Or both. My pen might be going off in my pocket. It might be because (laughs) I just... Burning the the whole time. No, a skunk definitely got hit by a train. Okay, so there is a skunkiness that comes with the first whiff of this beer. And I'm like, okay, like it's a Heineken kind of thing, and like I'm, I'm down for it, I'm fine. And then my first sip happens, and then... As I'm taking the second, it starts to hit on my um, on my palate, and I'm getting blue cotton candy. Really? And, yeah. Whoa. And I don't yes. understand where the disconnect is coming from light struck to blue cotton candy, but I'm kind of digging it because it is the it is the very sour of life versus then the very sweet of life, and and I'm I I don't know where I am past those two notes just yet. But that's my starting point, and I'm pleasantly intrigued by this because of that. So my entire thing is, and I can't get past it, I want to. I, so I got the skunkiness you were talking about, but I honestly believed it was an outside thing. Because Kennedy's solution was to leave the door open. No, no, no. That wasn't Kennedy. It was one of the guys. And by the way, so there is, there's, a, there's a key switch behind you that they, that they just switched to. Let's just keep this thing open. That works. It's, it's great. less distracting, but now I'm focused on that skunk smell. But, um, but no, for, for me, it's like if you've ever cleaned the charcoal filter on a fish tank, all of those smells are in this beer. All of them. Charcoal, fish poop. Like algae, algae, green algae, blue algae, like all of those smells are in the luminescent algae. Put it on a barnacle. No, it wasn't a saltwater tank, dude. It was a freshwater tank. But all of those smells are this beer. I definitely got your blueberry, and I definitely got your skunkiness. But all in, even the weird mid palate richness to me felt like it was. Right, you you know what? So you guys, you've been wait, you've been working in breweries for twenty twenty five years, and you've been working in bars and breweries for thirty years. You know when you get that email from every newly vegan person that asks if you use Isinglass, (laughs) and you're like, I've never made a beer that authentically stout in my life, so no. I feel like that might be what Isinglass tastes like. (laughs) Um, I, I've been trying to dissect I feel like this is going to be somebody's most authentic beer in the world. Right. <laughs> and Oh, you mean the Fuller's ESV? No, yeah, no, no. no. I, I feel like it's going to be somebody's, <laughs> somebody's like, did you not know that Dreefontaine makes a Pilsner? Right. And I'm like, yeah. I did not know that. That's it's like you've <laughs> never had a landlord before. Um, like, it's going to be one of those beers. Uh, because here's the thing. After those two notes, which I stand by a thousand percent, it drops off, and there's nothing. And all your left there's nothing fish on tank. the finish. There's nothing. I'm not even getting fish your gravel. fish tank kind of fish thing. Gravel. But there is nothing that I'm getting that I can point to at the very end. So this is 
unexpected for you guys too, right? Yes. All right. So yeah, the nose is rough. All right. So tell us what you're, what you guys <laughs> are going through. Is it a little through. fish tanky? Please say it's a little fish tanky. Thank you so much. It's hard to not love smell you. it when you. I but mean. It's, it definitely smells like fucking fish gravel. Sorry, I just I I'm not mad. I don't hate or love it. it just that's the smell. Coming this summer from Carton Brewing. It's fish gravel. Turtle tank pilsner. I don't want that. Yeah, I mean, when I saw the choices, this is one of those styles that this is this is other like, Justin's choices. Was, yeah, yeah. I was you like, went into like, other, other Justin. Ju- other Justin's. Other back. Justin definitely other only Justin's offered shit he knew we would like because his is show what this was, was strong. <laughs> Justin. Justin Kennedy we're, we're reveal. Getting, we're getting into your your bag of fuckery reveal. right now. Reveal. Yeah. Right, no, 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 no. I, I wanted Wait. to hear from these guys, but yeah. No, but right, I now, saw now it. It's a brown it. barrel, brown label. De Poutre. Uh, Brasserie de Blaugy, which is a Shelton Brothers branding. Uh, so they've been doing this to beer for years. It's not just now. All right, so the, so the green glass makes sense for the skunk. Right. Uh, the bottom makes sense for the tank algae. It, yes. There it is. Oh, no, there's stuff swimming in there. That's cool. <laughs> Those are definitely, what's it called when you... The back of the magazine, the, the living mermaids, the you know what I'm talking about, right? Sea the, monkeys. Sea monkeys. Yes. There are sea monkeys in the beer. Do you know what sucks is getting old, man. You can't see any of it. I've been there a decade longer Founded than you. Founded in 1988, the brewery. I, I can't even read this. This is so. You want to try? Not at all. I want to make the guy who brought it drink it. Uh, yeah, other Justin, come drink. Justin, this beer. can you give other Justin that beer? I've definitely had some like wildly varied bottles of this beer over the years, but I haven't had one in ages. So I don't know it at all. Should I? Like, is it an important beer? Well, I mean, uh, he grimaced. He grimaced a little bit. Writing was on the wall. <laughs> How old is this bottle? Not that old because it's Lime Ventures. It's not Chinese. Oh, yeah, it's Kennedy can still read. He's still a child. I honestly didn't bring that one. That would be the part of Kyle brought that Brendan from the carpet shop. Oh, uh, that's the one. Uh, yeah. Get out of here. All right, so. All right. I want to hear from you guys, though. We're almost out this. of time. Be quick. All right. Where is Philly beer headed? Philly has this great beer tradition. There are great breweries that have opened made an impact and then closed that next brewery, the next generation of breweries are standing on the shoulders of there are great beer bars and new great beer bars that are opening that the new ones are standing on the shoulders of. Where is Philly Beer headed? Like as a, I don't know, a, a focal point for the rest of the country. I mean, I, I hope that Philly continues to be a very beer-savvy market, which I think it's always been. I think it's proven over time that Philly doesn't suffer bullshit as much as other places do. I mean, they, you know, you can get away with it for a while, but you can't get away with it forever sure. or for long. And we have to withstand the same thing that everyone in the country is withstanding at this point, which is... Alternatives and RTD cocktails, and the trend towards young people drinking liquor first or things that aren't beer first. I know. 
you know, so I, I, I think that we're in a good place because... It's like they don't know the limerick. We've outrun... Right, but we've outrun the things that were... You know, sour was the new hop, then hop was the new sour again, and now it's back to what some of us have preferred all along, which which is a really well-made fucking beer. Like, I, you can't hide anything in a Pilsner. You can't hide anything in low ABV beers. You can hide a lot of things in really hoppy, really strong beer or pastry stouts or shit like that. You can, you don't, you know, but Philly seems to be ahead of the market over other places in their gravity. It always has been. They're, yeah. And, and they're, we're, we're tending toward that stuff now rather than two years from now. Can I ask you a perspective thing on that, though? Because one of the things I would note is in my observer experience from you know, the other side of Jersey, I feel like Philly was tripped much farther by the shutdown than any other city either because they did it so well or so hard or because their environment was so out in public. When everybody got trapped in their house in Philly, Philly oh. seemed to catch up much, you know what I mean? Listen, like, like, 100%. And but does that make sense to you as, as guys who've been where you've been, where, where like because the culture was being out, even after everything reopened, when I'd come here trying to support the brand in the city, they didn't know how to sit with each other. Honestly, like, It I'll really do. fucking tore the rug out from under this city because it's a drinking out city. Operating during that time was incredibly hard. And the city itself changed the rules every day, it seemed, for a long time. And, you know, the outlying suburbs had it so much better than we did in the city because we never knew when we woke up in the morning what the rules were going to be that day. And they changed so constantly, and it was just, you're open, you're closed, you're open, you're closed. But do you feel that gave your your people, your your population density, like like a a lagging approach avoidance with the experience, right? Because my experience in this town is always just people out. You know, I mean, you guys are Philly guys, so I'm not pretending you're the my favorite people to drink with. I mean, there's always the threat of violence. But that being said, it was always a being out and being part of the night thing. And I think that got so punchy and so confusing that even, you know, no matter what happened, like, people just don't know how to be out or they're coming back to it. And do you feel like they're coming back to it now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I was about to say is I think now we're finally getting to that point where Philly is becoming Philly again. Um, the pandemic, as Kurt said, was extremely tough for us because we... But that was like the world fucked anybody trying to do good. I just mean like our customers are just like, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, can I go out? Can well, I call an Uber anymore? Right. What's an Uber going to cost? There's nights I get home and the Uber's $82 and there's nights it's 12 Yeah, and, I, and, <laughs> and you know, we... You know, we took things as precautiously as possible over the pandemic and with that said like our business model went from like oh you know a destination brewery in the city to catering to our neighborhood first and foremost Um, and our neighborhood was an extremely cautious neighborhood our customer base was so it took a really really long time to get back to a point where everybody felt comfortable again 
and we're definitely seeing it now, but it definitely, it, it took a long time. Right. I mean, even last summer was good, but still, you know, tepid. But I know? used to plan a lot of my year around Philly Beer Week. And for three years, I haven't even pretended to give a that's, fuck. That's a whole other episode. Yeah. But, do you you know what I, but, I, but I don't know right. the difference. The Hammer of but Glory was difference. here earlier, and I was like, wow, I haven't seen that But forever. I don't even know the yeah. difference between what I'm mad at. You know? like, I used to literally plan carton releases on Philly's Beer Week. Yeah. And now it's like, Poof. but I always blame that on, like I said, like it was an out city. It wasn't in the city. Getting back to Ben's point, though, we did become a neighborhood place very much so during COVID and the shutdown. And our neighbors were tremendous. And we only made it to the other side because of them. We got incredible support through all of it. And at every stage, whether it was just selling beer only out of takeout window, or then beer and food out of takeout window, or limited outdoor seating. Limited Wait, beer and outdoor. food in one place? Are you crazy? Oh, yeah, I know, Jersey. <laughs> yeah, you don't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, guys, that's how the world ends. <laughs> uh, it, it seems so counterintuitive what your state does, but that's... No, uh, just because you're intuitive. <laughs> Anyway, that was, a, but yeah, I think you, I think you guys are great. But yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like, so I guess my favorite nights when I was a nascent brewery twelve years ago was just coming to town, going amongst it in that back bar, yeah, floating and around and just yeah. seeing, yeah. just seeing what came across the bar. Yeah, and be like, oh, well, that's a thing I learned about, or that's a thing I thought I knew. Yeah, and that kind of disappeared on me as a neighbor. But I, I, it sounds like you guys are definitely, and I, li- I like your commitment to your neighborhood because that's what we try to do too. Where it's like, look, right now, some motherfuckers need to get the fuck out of their house for two hours. And the right. best we can give them is right. this is where you can drink yep. and walk home from for two hours. Yeah. Well, and, and COVID, I think one of the, I mean, Philadelphia has always been such a strongly neighborhood based city. Um, but it's small enough that's easily travelable. You know what I mean? You can take the train across town. It does not take long at all. However, over the pandemic, that became, uh, that, that, that distance grew greater, you know? So I live in North Philly, but I work in South Philly. And the people I see in South Philly, I see in South Philly. And the people I see in North Philly, I see in North Philly. And, you know, it definitely changed the game in the city, and it, you know, I don't think it'll ever go back to, to where it was pre-pandemic in terms of what you're talking about. You know, just that makes everybody me sad, floats. Though, I used to love just around, to feel the beer culture. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't think I, I, it might come back at some point, but it's, it's going to take a lot of healing. Right. You know what I mean? Because um, it's just so neighborhood-based now, right. um, and and the, you know, whereas people are like, oh, I'm not. I, South Philly? I'm not going down there. You know, I, I live I live north of Spring Garden. Um, Just you so know, you know, I know nothing you say. Right. Well, 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 like, I'm going to trust you on the map. So it's not yeah. it's not very far. It's can like you, a, a, put, it's like two miles. Can you put it in context of Camden? <laughs> you could walk it. Yes, you can oh, walk it. Too far. Yeah. It's too far. Okay. Um, right. But hey, yeah. no, I. We are past our time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to see. Do you have a thing? Do you have a letter? All right. So, thieves listening at home. 
Beef on, Thieves, who've made it through a month of Philly. The next time that we do this show, we will probably be back on our same old Zoom bullshit. Uh, hey, that I, Zoom bullshit got us through the fucking pandemic. And we anchored people. We're going to need uh, your letters. So it's stealthisbeerpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and if you like us when we're on the road, and I hope you do, it's uh, patreon.com slash stealthisbeer. Uh, but everybody, as I've been saying, should be coming to Philly, should be drinking great Philly beer. Um, if people want to know Philly what right Second now. District is up to before they come down, where do they find you all, and how do they connect with you in advance? Uh, so we are in South Philadelphia, 16th and McKean Street. Well, we're on Bancroft, a little side street, but 16th and McKean. Um, we're on Instagram, seconddistrictbrewing.com. You can hit us up there, Facebook, um, and very easy to get to by public transportation. Yes! Yeah. If you're allowed on public transportation in this yeah. post-apocalyptic world. We are now. I took it I took it this morning and yesterday for the first yeah, time in a long time. that could change at any minute. If you learned anything. And, you know, it actually, just what you were talking about, it just made me be like, I miss, I miss just... Taking public transportation. John, John told city. me Justin arranged a train for us and that I didn't have to drive all the way to Philly. I could just meet him at Metro Park and we'd come here together. Justin handled all the tickets. Two and a half hour delay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're not there yet. Amtrak's yeah. still we're, Amtrak. we're, we're working on it. I love everything about the Philly beer scene, especially the generational effort that goes into what came before, what exists now, and what's going to come later. And I love that you guys are just huge supporters of that and a huge part of that. So as a beer drinker, not as anything else, thanks for thanks for that. And Absolutely. this Thank is you. fun. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you, Gerber. Thank you. Get at us.